there's a few changes that I do, like right now, the way that you see the screen is yeah. how the viewers see it. Right. But right. we want to make a mirror image. Wow. So, so even if we put stuff like on the screen back here and stuff, they can kind of read it and stuff with us. Wow, dude, you got this thing like, yeah. And I could pick from different intro music. I just went with that one, but there's a bunch of dumb shit to go from. <laughs> we got Elijah Wood in the... We got Elijah Williams. <laughs> Elijah Williams. See, this is how bad I don't know you, dude. We, I've only yeah. met you one time. We met once. I saw you do an open mic, and I was like, you know what? I'll get this guy on the podcast. Yeah. And I'm glad you were uh, willing to come. Mm -hmm. Come hang out with me. Welcome to the podcast. This is Muse Me TV, everybody. Episode 67. Yes. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much nope. for having dude, me, Dude, thank you for coming. Thank I you for coming. I appreciate it. Yeah. So tell uh, tell us a little about you, Elijah. Tell us what you do. What, mm -hmm. what, uh, obviously, I know you're from the comedy scene, but yeah. I mean, how long have you been doing comedy? What's uh, You had a show re uh, last night, too, as well, right? I did. Yeah. This was a good little weekend for me. So yeah. let, let us all know what's up. Tell, yeah. Tell, tell the viewers about you. The whole shebang, dude. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I'm 24. Um, Albuquerque born and raised. Holla. Stand-up comedian, um, aspiring filmmaker, oh. um, still debating on whether or not I want to pursue music. That's in and out sometimes, but we'll see. Okay. Um, yeah, this was a good weekend. Friday night, I got asked last second to do a, 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 a set at the... Like it's like the African American film festival party type thing. It was like an art show. Okay. That one, that was amazing. People were not listening to Ty Jamerson. He was hosting it. And people were just like, he would go up and try and do jokes and like no one would pay attention. So I was like, this is going to suck. No that's one's going to listen. That's when people were like, yeah, I'm going to go get something to drink. Exactly, dude. One of those moments. <laughs> so I was like, no one's going to listen to me when I go up there, which almost made it feel better. Like I was like not scared because I was like, no one's going to care. And then it ended up being a good set. So, nice. so that was good. And so it brought the energy back up, everything else. Brought the energy back up. People were paying attention. <clears throat> People were seemed to be having fun. Um, Luis Mora uh, Powell Moreno, I think that's how you say his name. He just shouted me out on Facebook because I guess a lot of people he works with were talking about my set Friday oh. over there at the Firebird. Have you been over there? I haven't. Dude, they got the, the Nashville hot chicken Sammies. Oh, shit. Dude, them and fire. Uh, I have to try that. <laughs> them yeah. and fire. Yeah, dude, I haven't done a lot of the... Actually, this was actually... This weekend was my first invite to a show okay like i've always been just doing open mics yeah so they finally this was the first one that they're like yeah do you want to come do our show bit bandit we do it once a month and mm -hmm. i was like that's pretty cool i mean obviously they might be seeing some improvement in my skill to be able to offer me that so i'm hearing good things about you that was flattering that, yeah that's flattering no i'm hearing really good things about you dude that's I good mean, people are shouting you out and it seems like you're really like taking it you're yeah sounds like you're ready to be on shows yeah i'm trying i'm trying dude i like that's what i see the difference i've only been doing this for three months now wow but i see the difference of like the grind and not being super dedicated there's people that are i've noticed now in the scene that are just like oh yeah i've been doing this for like six years now and i'm just like whoa really right wow like i mean i don't feel like we're on an e a level playing field but it I mean, we do the same shows. We're doing the same things. Like, it's weird how that happens. It is. But, I mean, I've embraced it. I've I've enjoyed it so much. I mean, it's an art form that mm. you never really expect to know until you actually do it. Exactly. Like, I've heard so many comedians. I, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know how he says it's just like, it's an art form that you have to go on stage to do. Yeah. You can't watch it on TV. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to practice in my room for a while. Mm -hmm. Because... 
until you go on stage, you don't know what you have to fix. Oh my God. It's crazy, man. I remember right before I was going to start comedy and thinking that I could just watch people do comedy and then I'll be like, okay, yeah, now I know what to do. And then it was like, yeah, that's not it at all. <laughs> it was not it at all. It was terrifying. It was awful. What was the, what was your first experience like? Was it bad? Actually, I did pretty good my first experience. I mean, so it was pretty cool. The first day I ever decided to do, well, I take that back. If we want to actually go to the real first experience. The very first time. Yeah, that was in high school, actually. Okay. And I was in uh, drama, too, and we had a variety show. And the year before, I saw one of my friends do stand-up for the variety show in his drama, two class. And so I was like, next year, I'm going to do that. I'm I'm going to do it. Okay, that's sick. And then so, yeah, I, I got up there, and I mean... It was weird. I don't know. It went pretty well. I mean, there were some jokes that bombed. There were some jokes that did pretty decent. Um, I think my drama teacher got some emails from some parents, you know. Uh, I did a, a weird joke. I I, I think it was a, such a dumb joke. It was just like, like, imagine if historical figures had social media and it was like Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream tweet. Or like, and, and then this is where I think people didn't like that. I was like, uh, Anne Frank facebook updates or something like that Uh, yeah like people were not into that at all but my drama teacher was like proud of me he like loved that i like got up there and like i just said some outlandish shit you know what i mean (laughs) and that's cool getting some like recognition from somebody else like an older figure that you wouldn't expect right exactly i didn't that i would never have thought like you know you doing a comedy show and then all of a sudden your drama teacher's like "Eh, you know what yeah. Or he's the guy in the corner that keeps laughing and stuff, <laughs> and everyone just like, is this guy really telling jokes like this? Exactly, man. But again, it's a learning process, right? Because mm-hmm. after that, didn't that get you more comfortable up there? Like, yeah. how many times uh, in high school did you do stand-up? Only that once, but I did improv troupe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did how, improv. What is improv exactly? Is I, that just, okay, this is my interpretation yeah. of improv, yeah, is yeah. like... Hey guys, let's go to an improv show. So we go to an improv show, and then all of a sudden the show starts, and maybe the MC or the host is like, "All right, guys, we're about to start our show. Uh, give us a city." And then they say, "Name the city," and then you have to pretend you're in that city and stuff like that. How yeah. does an improv show work? I think that's a, a relatively conventional improv show. I mean, I've been to some shows at the Box. Those dudes are pretty killer, and I mean, like some of the stuff they come up with is insane, and some of the talent there is insane. I guess, like, some of the last shows I went to at the box, it was, they had the short-form improv. I can't remember. I think that's what it is. It's, like, short-form improv. And they would take suggestions. I think my favorite uh, improv bit that I saw at the box was this thing where they did, like, fake Oscars-nominated, like, best acting speeches where they were acting out a fake scene. And then someone was like, and this is the the exact speech that such-and-such is nominated for uh with an oscar and then like they would go into this long and i was just like how are they coming up with this because they would make it funny but insightful but also go with their fake storyline and it was just like weird but in in high school i loved our improv shows because we always had themes okay yeah we had a theme like one show i think we just did games and then i think one show we had like a theme that it was like an insane asylum almost it was like weird like we would do themes and we would just go up there and so improv is basically just like scene work on the spot um it's it's very equally like physical and like you know mental and it doesn't doesn't it doesn't always have to be comedic right it can have all the elements of like a movie like very suspenseful very like dramatic Mm -hmm. action-packed you know whatever 
the improv is calling for or what the moment is going for and whatever the people are into, right? I think so, dude. I think it has to be like if you're just going up there to try and be funny, I think that's usually where you get like where you trip over yourself. Like if you're in your head of just like, oh, I need to be so funny, um, you're probably not going to be funny. If you're just like stay in the moment and go with it, you probably will create something cool. You know what I mean? I don't do improv anymore. No. But did, <laughs> does, do you feel that improv work kind of slips into comedy, your stand-up work? Because, oh, I mean, yeah. what is that, um, like crowd work and stuff like that? That's like improv, right? You're kind of working off of the crowd and trying to come up with an idea on the fly. Absolutely. So I can see where that training or that mentality kind of helps in comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. How does a... Do you do a lot of uh, crowd work or do you kind of like kind of pick on the audience and stuff? Sometimes, man, I get so it's so hard. I'm, that's one thing I'm growing on and trying to work on. Right. Is like it's hard for me. Like I write my set out and I rehearse it, you know, and I rehearse it. And when I rehearse it, I kind of like imagine a moment in which I might go off track a little. But like still, like I write my set, I rehearse it and then when I'm on stage, I'm really in my head about sticking to my set the way I rehearsed it. Like, it's almost like I write myself lines and then I'm trying to stick to it. And I need to really work on that loosening up, staying present and really like letting it go wherever it goes. And I've had some shows where I've done that really well. I remember one show I did and I legitimately like wrote a set out. It was working terribly and then I just went crazy and went off on the audience like a bunch. And like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's really hard for me, man. It's okay. hard for me to like, I don't know. You know how it is on stage, dude. It's just, yeah, it's just you don't know what to I don't know. I've I've tried it a little bit, yeah. but then I, I get I get into the interaction. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to try to do some crowd work tonight. And then I do, and I'm just like, exactly. what am I doing? I can't even think of anything at this spot. <laughs> like I try to think, reference my old material inside of the crowd work but then Mm -hmm. that's kind of weird too because there's like talking to this old lady and i just reference like 13 year olds on social media (laughs) i was like oh man this isn't working as well as i thought it did right but it's just practice at that end because i feel like when you get on stage and you uh for certain shows the people in the front are there for comedy yep so if they're there for comedy you kind of have like a little you know, leeway to ask them questions totally. because they kind of understand it. Yeah. I felt that way last night where the, we had this group of people at the Red Velvet mm-hmm. Underground and they mm-hmm. were just sitting in the front and everyone, every comedian was just, you know, a little bit of crowd work with them because they were so interactive and stuff. Absolutely. And I feel like that's just the beauty of people that go to watch comedy compared to the people that just end up there for comedy (laughs) you get what i'm saying dude yeah man because it's awkward for those people that go there and they're like oh comedy's happening here tonight well i guess i'll stay i don't know maybe they won't talk to me and then when it does happen they just it just feels awkward we are either gaining or losing followers in those moments man it's like people are either like oh albuquerque comedy not so bad or they're like what the fuck did i just watch yeah this is terrible it's hard and that's weird because like i don't how do we how are we supposed to draw from that like right i mean uh i don't know how comedy clubs are supposed to work like isn't supposed to be like an established place it grows people start to know the location and the night that comedy happens yeah and they come because of it yeah uh i feel like this is just me starting off comedy. I don't. I'm not a philosopher. I don't know anything too much of comedy. There's probably people out there just like this guy doesn't know shit. What is he talking about? Whatever. But 
isn't it now a sense where like we're kind of depending on like like you know street walkers to come in and stuff just to get an audience because most of our audience is just the other comedians that are there yeah and half of the time the other comedians aren't as supportive they're just like once their set's done they're just like on their phone or go outside and stuff like that yeah yeah where there's other comedians where like Dude, I want to see what if he's coming up with anything new. I want to see if it's funny or not. Right. Oh man, maybe I should tell him like, "Hey, dude, you've been saying this joke for like three weeks now. Are you gonna do something different or something?" Totally. That should be more of the community of comedians, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I is that? I would say so. Are yeah. we missing that? I feel like we're missing that in I Albuquerque. What is, are, commu- what is our community? What is our community? Do we have a community? It's weird. I think there. It's it's there's a lot of different comedians who don't interact a lot. It's like, I don't think there's an overall community. I think there's like sections of the community. There's almost like clicks, but like not really, but like kind of like, you know what I mean? I think that's what I like about my place is that I feel like even like I've always been able, I've always been that person who is in a bunch of different communities and a bunch of different kind of clicks and I can kind of run around in that. And so I definitely think I like that I'm able to touch a lot of different areas of the comedy community, but I also do think like it's interesting like that there are not a lot of comedians who are ever interacting like at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like if there was a comedy club that was good, I think we would all probably come together, but at this point we're definitely all just doing independent work and I don't know. See, I'm, I'm well, so new too, so I don't know well who doesn't too, like though. each other. That's yeah. kind of put well put too. Is like we all love the art, but yet it's more of an independent thing. Exactly. Everyone is just like, oh well, I'll put on my shows, and people. Some people don't even go to that person's show because of ego or whatever. Like, exactly. It's like, oh, I see you on this show on, you know, on Thursdays, but I never see you on any other shows on like Monday or Wednesday or stuff like that. Totally. So that's that's a little interesting too. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's cool coming from you too. That you're kind of, I guess you think that you're new to the comic scene. How, like, how, like, to this comic scene, to Albuquerque comic scene? Yeah, to the Albuquerque comedy scene. I mean, I didn't, I, you know, like I said, I did improv in high school and then I didn't do anything comedy. I did some acting two years ago before I moved back to Albuquerque, but this is my first comedy scene. And I mean, like, it's been like a year and a half, but I, I consider myself new. I'm still learning. A lot of things about a lot of people. Who knows? You? There's a lot of people who've been around for a minute, dude. Yeah, like a minute, minute, like you were talking about. I've you know what a I few, mean? Yeah, learned a few about them. I consider myself very new, very, very new. I have to consider myself new. I think it's important for me. I can get into my ego too. You know what I mean? I have to like try and remain humble and be like, no, I'm new and I don't know shit. Like yeah. I'm new and I don't know shit. I have to try and do that because I'll, I'll get. I'll, psh, man, after I sold out a show. I was like, oh, I'm the fucking baddest motherfucker. I'm about to be so bad. I'm about to be up on this bitch. And I was like, it took me like a couple weeks to be like, okay, like that was cool, but you still don't know shit. You know what I mean? Like I had to like reel myself in because I'm the first egomaniac to just narcissistically lose control. Like absolutely. You have to make sure to have a level head. Exactly. That's interesting. I need to be grounded frequently. And and that can get to you, I guess, in the comedy scene too, right? Is like you have one good night and you think you're the best, Mm -hmm. but if you have a few bad times, then you have to reevaluate what you did. Exactly. 
you can't, uh, I love this example too, where people are just like, oh, well, it wasn't me tonight. It was the audience. It's like, mm-hmm. was it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it just was your jokes or whatever that vibe of that night doesn't appeal to that crowd. Totally. And it, uh, dude, I've seen it happen before too. Like I tell a joke on Monday night and it bombs gross. And then all of a sudden Tuesday night, what the hell that joke hit yeah so it is it does depend on the crowd as well when mm-hmm. people say like no it's the comic and stuff too it's just like it depends on the crowd you're playing on too like you have yeah. to have a, enough material to know that like oh these jokes aren't working let's right. go to these jokes exactly i agree and i need to i was actually just thinking about that like i need to get i need i write out my set and then i stick to it and i need to figure out a way to like have my backup plans because what I'm running into lately is, and I'm having trouble deciding what to do if I just want to stick to my guns or if I want to make sure I have those backup plans because I start off with a lot of material. I think I start very strongly and then I eventually get into some like more socially conscious material. And then I get into some maybe like darker material about myself. It's just about me sometimes. Well, no, I get into some darker material and that's where I either keep them going or I lose them. You okay, know what I mean? Yeah. Like it either teeters off or like it continues to elevate. And I'm like, okay, do I stick to my guns? Do I just continue with my socially conscious material and my darker material? Or do I have those backup plans, those those key materials and bits and jokes that I know that people, anyone can probably like get into? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard. It's it is. Hard. It's a weird craft. It, mm-hmm. it really is. It's been fun doing it though definitely uh it's a it's a great transition too because i've actually uh i'm a musician so Uh i play a lot of music and i used to play in a band right so like the stage presence and stuff kind of are similar Mm -hmm. i feel the same in those sense but then like uh i love how josh kind of pointed this out is if you have a hit song in a band people will love to hear it forever and ever right but if you have a joke in comedy that's it. It hits mm-hmm. one time, and if they hear it again, they're like, I already heard that. Exactly. So that's where, like, consistency of, like, I don't know, being fresh or being able to stay up with, like, I don't want to say, like, uh, current events and stuff like that. Because I'm pretty sure people can reference history and it'd still be funny. For sure. It just depends on how, how well you deliver the material and stuff. Absolutely. I get so scared about, like... Once I finally develop an hour of comedy, am I ever going to be able to do it again? It's just like terrifying a little bit. It's like, fuck, it feels like after that, I was like, how am I going to do that again? It's like, it feels like if I like, let's say I could develop an hour, an hour by my second year of doing comedy. It's like, oh my God, it took me two years to develop an hour. How the fuck am I ever going to like do Do that again? again?" Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You got to stay. That's what's crazy about the craft is like, yeah. Like I remember watching two cat williams specials and watching a second special this was when i was like younger and i was really it was it's weird how that works i was really annoyed that he was doing the same jokes that he had done before okay (laughs) you know what i mean but with music it's insane because like i think it's a little harder i don't know do you or do you think it's like the same what do you mean like like the amount of difficulty being on stage stage presence uh playing an instrument and i think it's a little bit with the music sense, I think it's a little bit easier because, okay. again, we go back to the whole practicing the craft. Right. I mean, we could practice in our room multiple times to get the note and the scale or whatever you're trying to do down. Right. But then once you go on stage, you kind of can do that no matter what. I mean, maybe you don't have the energy where you, like, you know, run around the stage and do a bunch of headbanging and stuff. For sure. 
but you stand there and can play your stuff, people mm-hmm. might enjoy it. They might like what you're doing. That makes sense. And in, in the other sense of comedy, again, you go up there and just freaking, you have to try it. Mm-hmm. You don't know if a joke is going to hit or not. You can tell that joke to like five friends yeah. and they all laugh. But when you go on stage and go try that joke, it's totally different craft. Definitely. It's totally different feeling. And then compared to the next day and the next day. That's what I love about the open mic thing, too, that I, I've learned. Yeah. Is it's just practice. Yeah. It's put. It's like, you know, like in the room practicing like your guitar and stuff. But right. you have to go to the venue to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a little bit cooler that you can play. You can do more shows for random people in comedy than you can in music. Yeah, that's totally true, isn't it? Because you put like literally, you were if you do an open mic every night, you're doing a show four to five nights a week. Mm-hmm. And then in a band, you're lucky if you get maybe three to four shows a month. Yeah. So, I mean, you can see the difference of marketing yourself too. Mm-hmm. Like you can be at a comedy club and just totally be handing out flyers every day. Totally. Every day at a band sense, you're just like, oh, this is my concert, and these are my concerts for the next three months. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little bit different in the marketing sense and putting yourself out there. Yeah, but there are some similarities that I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're a musician or a music fan. I am a music fan of uh, all kinds of musics. Of all kinds of music, I see you have like a heavy metal shirt on, or, or really like some really what what is this this is thy art is murder thy art is murder are you into them i've i've never heard of them really i have not i'm a sucker for australian metalcore and deathcore so you're a deathcore and metal fan i am deathcore metalcore those are like my primaries now like i am like i would say like the essence of like my soul is like late 90s early 2000s new metal okay you know what i mean like slipknot and like corn and like i have a whole playlist man but like yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm all about deathcore. I'm all about metalcore. Still to this day, I still listen to, like, the same shit that I listened to in middle school and high school. Like, yeah. For sure. It's crazy. <laughs> like, dude, scene kid life. Like, all of it. Like, I don't give a fuck. Icy Stars, Attack, Attack. I still got that shit on my phone, dude. And those guys, I, I actually do like some of those guys. I do like some of the stuff they've done. Because they've done a great some great covers as well, too. Yeah. Um, but it, it's crazy to know, like... The so that's that scene. Those are the scene kids. Mm-hmm. The scene like metalcore and all that was part of the scene movement. Yep, I did not know that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think so, dude. It was like, I mean, for me, it's just like breakdown culture. Like it's breakdowns. It's like songs with breakdowns, and there's like there's so many different genres of just breakdowns where you either have like a really poppy song, and then there's like a random breakdown, or there's like just songs that are just pure brutality with breakdowns but i think they all fell in the same category the same realm that's not the same like is the suicide silence kind of consider any of those deathcore for sure deathcore yeah deathcore they were absolutely a deathcore band they were like the most popular deathcore band yeah i I remember hearing a lot about that. yeah and i mean it's so it's it's so weird to think about in metal as well how much of genres are out there that Mm -hmm. people don't even like understand or like from other ones because i'm a really big like speed metal fan okay like i love like fucking guitar solos and amazing like guitar work like swedish death metal shit like that i'm really into those kind of things so like when i was growing up i was always like metalcore and deathcore like i don't get i don't i don't understand it because of the rhythmic movement for sure so that's what i didn't like about it right but then growing up and stuff 
like some of those rhythmic movements have cool patterns in it and i kind of think it got adopted into do you know what the genre digent is called is i've heard i've heard it i've heard about it i don't know what bands are considered that there's, there's some weird bands yeah uh, what's a they're like uh instrumental progressive yeah deathcore music right. that's what i kind of consider them but right. they do have that uh like aspect of it but seeing how it all evolved into something it's kind of i like it definitely it, it, it the way music is structured in a way it's just it blows my mind mm -hmm. to think that like somebody in this sense you like i don't even know where that i i can't even remember where that scene even uh i know right <laughs> i was like wait what like a nabby i know when i watched some of your podcasts there was like a dog situation but i was like a, a, is that a baby <laughs> right kidding. i was like do you have a child right in the closet no, no I'm just or what did Josh say? Is like that naked woman in there? Oh yeah, he was talking about that. Huh? He kept referencing a he naked kept woman. Referencing, I don't. <laughs> that guy, that that guy was cool though. That that scene for me though was like, I'll be honest, man. I was just like a a, a fucking angry. I had a lot of deep anger, a lot of deep hatred, and just like the way that music sounded really helped me embrace that in myself is just like like especially like when i first heard slipknot and he's just screaming into the microphone see that's that see i feel that's different though yeah because i really dude i really love slipknot you do slipknot you? is yeah. the shit and the same thing with corn dude i have a corn tattoo too right but like that genre kind of was more i don't know more influential to like because I, I don't think you're that much uh, younger than me. Uh, I'm 29. Okay, yeah, and I'm 24. Okay, see, yeah. so, well, actually, you are a little bit younger. I am a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you do but, not fucking look it. You fucking in the Lazarus pit, dude? dude Jesus I thought, Christ. Dude, I have that Asian gene. Yeah, you do got that Asian gene. Like, I can't gain an ounce, and <laughs> I freaking look like I'm 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. But the thing is, uh, that genre, I love how you like that genre of music, mm -hmm. too, but that genre of music, I felt, was a little bit more influential in the sense of, like, I mean, those bands kind of, I don't, those bands kind of did something that made people really kind of follow them more, because mm -hmm. after that, that genre, new metal, I guess you could say broke off, and then you have metalcore and all this stuff, that kind of had, like, a, its own little following. For sure. And that was kind of like the, the scene kids mm -hmm. that, that is so weird to think that they went with that like i don't i don't get it it's weird right yeah it was all at one encompassing i mean that was a weird time for everybody i feel like i mean it was just like myspace and youtube and like hair straighteners and fucking like weird yeah, neon colored t-shirts man <laughs> and like i was absolutely that black kid with like a neon weird ass like I see stars, a day to remember t-shirt, like, you know what I mean? Like, that, I just, that, I love that time period, though. I just, I loved it so much. I really, like, discovered something else inside of me during that time. During that time. It was weird, man. It's weird. And, and I love how, don't you feel like looking back at that, it's like, God damn it, it's just so great how it shaped me into what I am today. Absolutely. Like, I mean, you never, I mean, some of the experiences may be negative or positive, but, mm -hmm. like, in a, in a broader sense. Like, the person you are now is because of all that stuff that happened. Totally. Would you change it or not? Right. Would you? Right. I would not. Some I don't think I would change. I wouldn't change anything in my life that's happened. Yeah. I, I, I'm a firm believer in the fact that I just believe that everything 
has exact has happened exactly the way it was supposed to, so I could be right here in this moment right now. That's what's up. Exactly. I I I don't think anything was an accident. I don't regret anything. I think it's probably easier for me to say. I think there. I mean, no, I don't know, man. I've made some like really questionable choices in my life, you know. So I think like that's just my spiritual perception of it, you know. That's just how I see it. I wouldn't change anything. Not even. Not even fucking um those big ass osiris shoes i bought back in the day those were the shit (laughs) those i mean (laughs) skater shoes were the shit i remember those skater (laughs) shoes i think there's still some people well no the high tops are in now right that's what people wear a lot i could never high top it dude (laughs) yeah i don't know when i look back at the slipknot shit though when i listen to it now i'm like these were the original breakdowns you know what i mean like there's so much in their music that are like it's breakdowns there's hella breakdowns in their shit and it's just like they break it down they fucking just like it's just Corey taylor and he's just like screams and then it's just like dun 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 you know what i mean okay. and that shit's like dirty that shit was oh oh i love it i love it that's it gets me pumped up. just thinking about that's it that's how did you feel about earlier metal like stuff like fucking metallica and megadeth and shit like that i love it it was yeah. cool yeah there's there's um I mean, I don't think I listen. I mean, I love Metallica. I love Slayer. I love Maiden. Um, I saw Maiden once. That was great. Um, I love old metal. I love the the history of music. I love the influence that music has um, in different ways. Um, but yeah, Slayer especially. Slayer. They they encompassed evil and they just like they 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 created an atmosphere of just darkness yeah they were I sick just love that shit man. and then you end up hearing interviews with like the singer bass player and it's like yeah i'm a christian man or right. a catholic uh, really a, yeah he's a very catholic person interesting so that's 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 what's crazy to think about too is like uh being the heavy metal fan you are and stuff did you feel that uh, are you a religious person because of this now no i um i'm a spiritual person not religious I still uh, denounce religion, but I do have a spiritual belief system, and I gain that through my recovery process. You know, like my sobriety. Yeah. Um. But like, no. I mean, I'll. Ne- I'm. I'm not religious. I, I probably won't ever go to church without, like, unless it was like for something like a fucking wedding. Um. No, I used to be what they, I mean, I was like dangerously anti-religious is kind of like a way that some people put it, right? Like, as like, I was like, yeah, I was like pentagrams, upside down crosses. Like, I more or less, I think there was like a smidge of time where I took like the the devil worship shit a little too seriously. (laughs) The Satanism. Yeah, like I took it a little too seriously for like a year of my life, like... But like <laughs> it was like it's corny, you know. It's I think we've all corny. been to that. Well, especially if you were into metal and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think you might have like brushed that phase or something. Oh, for sure. I mean, right? I've, I've seen the Necronomicon book. I thought it was sure. cool back then. I was like, yeah. I wonder if music is all based off this or something <laughs> stupid like that. But I mean, yeah. the occult is just interesting in general. I mean, uh, the overall thing, like all all religions are interesting, and the occult kind of falls into that category you know and and satanism and the different branches of like of what there's like you know there's like the church of satan and then there's like luciferianism and then there's like whatever i think there might be another one or two but what is it called scientology yeah (laughs) at the end of the day most like 
Church of Satan, Lucifer, Lucifer, whatever, Satanism, they're all basically just atheists who hate religion. Yeah. Like, that's really all it is. And in the same sense, the opposite is like you see all these like different, different like subcategories of Christianity, the Roman Catholics, the Jehovah's, the Mormons. Right. They're all just the fucking same. Totally. They have a little bit of a different backstory, but like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're just segregating yourself again more. I and feel that, that. That's weird. Yeah, but now like I truly do believe that like and I and see I'm just out there. I'm fucking like I'm I'm, I'm out there. I mean I did a lot of I did a lot of drugs. <laughs> like I don't do drugs anymore, but like so I am out there with some of my beliefs. I just want to say that before I just get dive into this like topic. But it's like no, I do believe that like. I now connect with something beautiful um, that isn't evil. Like I connect with something and, and some, and, you know, some might call it God, some might call it the universe, some call it, might call it like energy. I mean, you know, even scientifically speaking, like energy exists, like not really within the realm of like matter, like physical things. Like there are things that exist, like that we cannot touch see hear feel or like smell (laughs) yeah but like it's weird it's just like i believe i connect with a beautiful energy and like i make it a point to do that and i believe like connecting with a beautiful energy staying connected and like living by principles that i feel like you could call them like spiritual principles is like how i like to move forward and how i believe like that I am able to live like a happy, like healthy life now. Because yeah. obviously when I was into that other shit, my life was really fucking dark and it was really fucking scary. I don't like living that way. That way is not fun. Yeah. I don't like that life. I hear you. Especially if it's more of like a, like an awakening kind of sense. Yeah. Like you can kind of see where it's like, whoa, that was actually really more difficult than what's going on now. Totally. And that, and in that sense like i guess i don't want to say it's a, a spiritual thing but like w- what uh the, the way you kind of described it and stuff is like was it just an amazing mushroom trip that made you think of another <laughs> uh, different kind of because i mean i love to trip on psychedelics sure and tripping on psychedelics the right way i feel does enlighten you totally like i mean don't get me wrong acid probably kind of fucks with you in a weird ass way mm-hmm. Can, yeah. I don't I don't I've only done acid one time and mm-hmm. the one time I did it I it was just like a mushroom experience sure but it was artificial yeah. that's what kind of feels weird about it I feel that but when I dive into mushrooms and psilocybin mm-hmm. every trip after I always feel I've always come out as a better person because of the insight and what I've learned from it right and that's just in like a like you say a spiritual kind of sense because if you think about it I'm not kind of governing my life to like the laws of what humans or like what what should be done it's more of what nature and what everything in nature entails like you know totally you i'm pretty sure you know the difference between what a good and bad person is yeah and you didn't need religion for that <laughs> yeah right <laughs> exactly <laughs> there's and there's that sense of like everything like you know when something is in a moral good or bad like you hear those examples all the time where you're just like oh i had to steal but it was because my family is all suffering. Right. There's a middle ground to all of this where we all kind of understand enlightenment or we all understand each other. For sure. Because obviously in the sense where, I mean, I love to think of it as like a learning process for all humanity, but yet we still don't know anything at all. For uh, Yeah. Because I love how you explained it, how 
uh, you kind of dived into it, like right in front of us right now, mm-hmm. like there's millions of things going on right in front of us that we just can't see. Molecules busting each other in the face. <laughs> I'm blowing air right now. And that just made a whole chemical reaction. Yeah. And that's like in a microscopic sense that we just can't see. Right. So thinking of like, I mean, th- this is where I get into like my whole f- being like blown away by every little thing. Mm-hmm. But it just us as humans, like it's so confusing and it blows me away because like you hear scenarios or you hear ideas where they're just like, oh, well, we're here because of a certain sense of God or a higher power. And then you hear people like Elon Musk where there's like, oh, yeah, we're probably in a fucking simulation. Right. I'm in a simulation state right now. Mm-hmm. And me as a person who likes to have an open mind and learn from everything I see gets kind of like freaked out by some stuff like this. Totally. So where in, I, I mean, I'm just ranting at this point. Oh, I love it. But where at this sense do we feel like us as humans, we know what the ride entails or what we're doing? Right. I mean, I don't think any of us knows. I what think that's the insane part. The insane part is for me to think that I'm the person who's going to know what's going on. And it's like the more I try and sit around and think, what God may or may not be or what is happening in reality. It's good food for thought. But like, I also think like the more I'm trying to figure it out for myself, the more I just need to realize, like, I'm never going to fucking figure it out until I fucking die. So like, it's fun to like, but then like the problem is like, if it's an, it's, if it's fun enlightenment, then it's good. Like we're doing right now. We're having a fun conversation about it. It's cool. If I'm sitting around like driving myself absolutely nuts, that's when I need to just let go and be like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, fuck it. Who cares? I'm not going to figure it out. No one else knows. And so when we start gutting into absolutes, right, when we start speaking in absolutes as in like, well, this is how it is. It's like, what? Like, you don't know. I don't know. None of us know. We're all losing our shit collectively. We're all freaking the fuck out and whatever, you know, I don't know. Whatever story we have to tell ourselves to get through the day, that's really kind of what life is. And then you have those stories being like, you know, debunked all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know. Uh, I'm really into conspiracies. Me too, baby. So Let's I fu- go. I fuck around with like Let's go. a bunch of different shit like that. Let's get into it. I'm going to hit my vape. You do it. One of the things that I find that's weird that people say is how people think that the pyramids were actually constructed by the Egyptians. And yet we have evidence and different uh, theories that say otherwise that they were probably predated before then. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a mind-blowing thing is like has society's religious slash uh governmental slash whatever mm-hmm. taking control of our history so we don't know exactly our potential as humans so that we're just mm. stuck in a box or mm. what's uh that blows me away in a mm. sense because mm. i i honestly i want to I want to know about my brain. Yeah. I want to know what I can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Uh there's there's a, obviously a bunch of things that like we learn about science and stuff all the time that like the universe is infinite. There might be multiple universes that entail every scenario that we're doing right now. Right. There's a universe right now where we're just switch spots. You're right. hosting. There's a universe right now where you don't have eyebrows. Right. There's a universe right now where I'm a chick. Yes. Infinite amount of things. There's a universe right now where we have different headphones. It's right. just the fucking aspect of all of these things that happen blow me away. Mm-hmm. Why is it? How do you think? How did we get 
to a sense where we're always questioning everything. Right. Like, were we never supposed to know any of this? Or did we literally get dumbed down to never find out this? Right. How do you feel about that? Oh, my God. I mean, I'm kind of like there is a big part of me, too, that is on that side of kind of what you were talking about, where it almost feels like there has been there are certain things that we are just given that may or may not be like completely accurate. But that is the story, right? Like that is what is in our history books. That is the official narrative where it's like. Yeah, I don't know. What are we are are we not supposed to know any of this thing? Did we already know this shit? And do we did we get dumbed down into not knowing it now? I think like um I love this quote and I don't know who did the quote. Um but it I think it really pertains to where we're at in this moment in like human history where there's this book A Whole New World by Huxley and uh I don't remember his first name. And I think the concept, like, the concept behind 1984 was more that, like, we, like, they would suppress information, right? And then the concept behind A, a Brave New World, not A Whole New World, what the fuck? Brave a Brave New, New World, world yeah. I think, was the fact that we would be so overstimulated with pleasure that we would not even care to know the truth. That we would not even care to know what's really going on. And I kind of feel like that's where we're at. We're like... We are constantly being pumped full of pleasure. Our fucking, like, whatever, like, our brain reactors that react to pleasure, there's constantly stimulation there where, like, I think that's where a lot of people don't care to know. But I I do think a lot more people are asking questions more than ever. I don't even know if I answered your question whatsoever, but that's the beauty of conspiracy. <laughs> I know, man. dude. It just blows people away. Like <laughs> when you when it comes down to a conspiracy, like what the fuck? Okay, like do you think the the robot thing is, a, is something to be scared of? Are you scared of robots? Have you seen what robots can do now? Yeah, doing backflips. Yeah, they have an automated dog robot that helps do like shoveling and mining and shit like that. Yeah. So like, I talked to Roy about this, and uh -huh. he was a he's one of those guys who's scared as fuck. He's like, <laughs> Skynet's coming. You got to control these robots now. But what what if perfect enlightenment is? robot and human interaction or right. robot connectivity with a human right like i i mean i'm into it yeah like obviously i mean you have a phone right i have a yeah, cell phone we're always looking up stuff we're promoting stuff on our phones it's not like we go out to everybody and go hey shake their hand and be like we got a show we got a show you know right. there's different marketing techniques and technology helps us with that absolutely same thing with where we need to know about everything in life like i don't know what happened today in this exact day in history we can find out yeah we literally can find out yeah. what happened today in history throughout every year mm -hmm. last year 50 years ago with that being said wouldn't that be embraceful to have technology more like right i don't know if you're a fan of this but do you know elon musk is creating this thing called Neuralinks? What's that about? So Neuralinks is actually like a, like kind of like a computer chip that goes inside of your brain. Huh. See, it's like a little computer chip that goes behind your ear, and it has 1,000-like hair-like follicles 
that are needles that go inside of your brain. What that will fuck? that will send an electric charge to different parts of it to stimulate it. Okay. Uh, right now, the human trials start in 2020. Okay. Uh, what their main goal is to help people that have like certain kind of diseases or like muscle problems, you know, maybe they're paralyzed and this little device will help them stimulate that part of their brain to make that muscle move. Right. But Elon Musk is actually going to make it so it's connected to an app and it'll actually be able to feed information from the app to the chip, yeah. which will go to your brain. Yeah. So say if you need to look up an address, Google Maps, you'll look it up on your phone, but it'll go to your brain. You won't have to see it here. I'm not making a horrified face because I'm scared of that. It just that just sounds crazy as fuck. And the first human trials start next year. That sounds crazy. That sounds a little scary. Not in like a like it would just feel weird to have that happening to me. You know what I mean? Like how would that feel? That feels so weird to have things being shot into my brain information directly and he's making it seem like it's going to be readily available for everybody like Damn. you know it'll be affordable people mm-hmm. people will be able to get it you know like oh you want it's like i like that it's like how people try to get the newest phone right yeah. you can get the newest phone but you have to do a payment plan and get everything situated mm-hmm. there probably might be some kind of service with Neuralink. you know like yeah make sure you're connected to the Neuralink server stuff like that totally it's still a lot in in the making i don't know but mm-hmm. that that's something that i'm looking forward to in my lifetime right i mean yeah i don't i'm not against technology at all and i'm not absolutely afraid of technology i think it's good obviously technological advancements are good i think they've done a lot for us they're really helpful i think the 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 capitalist mentality behind technological advancements can be bad it's like that shit where it's like certain medications that people need are like way too expensive for people to get them like that kind of shit's fucked up when it comes to advancements but like yeah fuck it who cares man like let's do it like let's roll like let's see how crazy we can get this shit going like let's get weird box fucking trucks like he made going on the streets and like fucking solar panel roads and like all that weird shit i'm i'm for it dude i don't give a fuck like and if that's our downfall then that maybe that's the way it's supposed to be and like maybe even like in the overarching like scheme of things like in the universe like maybe like this shit's all just a trial and error and maybe like the last human beings fucking killed like undid themselves in a similar way and then it just starts over and then we undo ourselves again until we just like finally get it right like, and that <laughs> yeah that's that's weird too because like what if it is kind of like the spiral to the end but yet there's the fail safe from the government where they have like you know we have our underground bases and they're gonna make sure they're safe i know and then once that's done they come back up and they're like well we'll do it all over again try it out again Let's try it out again because i don't know what did they say they said they have like underground bases in like denver and shit like that have you ever heard of that oh, one yeah it's like the under the fucking denver national airport there's like a there's like an underground base that leads from denver all the way to cheyenne mountain oh yeah and there's some there's shit here no, oh, dude. There's mad underground shit here. Here, dude. It's go. It goes down here. That's oh, where I, I love. That's why I love this fucking place, dude. We have history. It's weird history. Yeah, dude. Weird. <laughs> okay, so uh, tell me some. Tell me some things that freak you out about New Mexico, um, or that intrigue you, that make you love this place. Anything you love. Tell me that kind of relates to our conspiracy weird. Because I mean, we have the Indians here. Yeah. But yet we have. Not only did we have a national lab that 
literally, I don't know if you knew this, but our national lab can detect when any radioactive activity goes off in the world. Really? In the world. So if something went off in fucking Italy, a detector in New Mexico would be like, do, 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 do. And then we would have to call them and be like, hey, bro, what's going on yeah. over there? We heard you guys, we saw some radioactive activity going on over there. What are you guys but up th- to? That's here. <laughs> We're the ones that in New Mexico, they have the detection for that. I think that's so cool. I think that's so cool that like we have that here. Like that's where we get down. Like on that kind of shit. Like we're look, we're the ones looking out for that. And I think like people like don't understand how dope it is here with that weird shit, man. We got that crazy shit. Because I'm pretty sure there's some like deep government secrets here. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the whole alien bullshit. Yeah. The fuck, bro. Yeah, you got the Roswell. You got the uh, you got Dulcie. You know. And then you got like, you know, I know someone from Dulcie. They told me some weird stories, man. You know, you got the mutilated cow and you got the the, the the men in black coming over there and shit. And it's like, I don't know. It's hard. It's like, but I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, what reason do you have to like lie to me about like a secondhand story? And it's like, maybe you were lied to, but like, what, why? Like, I don't know that many people, I think, who are, like, absolute sociopaths who just lie for fun. They just don't know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like when people tell me shit, I give it the benefit of the doubt, man, because you hear shit. Yeah, you got the Native American stuff, and it's like I had someone recently talk to me about, they were like, yeah, like, I feel like these people are fucking with me, like, they're fucking witches, man. And then I went to the medicine man, and he's been, like, helping, like, get, get that out of me, and he told me to look for these signs in them, and they were doing those things, and I was just like damn dude (laughs) like fuck you know and it's just like weird i think the only thing that's like i just like i feel like i never and get to have you seen anything stuff do you ever run into shit you ever had ghosts in your house you ever had demonic presence not really i've never believed in anything like that right i mean this is going back to the mushroom trip and all right but i remember one time i tripped on mushrooms and I'm I'm still a little convinced after seeing an interview with Elon Musk. Not convinced, but it's one of those things that always blows my mind. Where I'm just like, what if this is a, uh, a simulation? Mm-hmm. So I tripped one night and I just went outside and I saw a light that looked like brighter than all the other lights. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a star or anything like that. But it reminded me of like a glitch or a fail safe inside of our simulation. For sure. So it was just trippy and stuff. So I feel like... If there is aliens or anything like that out there, it's just, uh, see, I, uh, that's how fucking crazy life is. Like, I don't feel like I want to believe that our life is really like a meaningful thing where we actually do stuff. But then again, when you think about it, I'm like, what if this is a fucking simulation? Right. Like, it, it really is like a simulation of somebody playing a game, but yet... Me and you are just side characters. Right. We have no idea that the simulation is even going on. Mm-hmm. We don't even know if the main character is ever, ever, ever going to interact with us or not. Exactly. But the game is so good that it just feels like our life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you go in the opposite sense. Is just like, oh, what if it was like, because I've heard stupid stories where aliens invented humans. Mm-hmm. Aliens are the ones that made humans. Like they turned us a certain way. We were like this uh fucking species that had both sexes and then aliens were like well let's divide them into two sexes Mm. and turn them into their own species there's so much shit out there that just you kind of have to take with a grain of salt but yet still taste it exactly because you never know yeah 
That's yeah. that's how I always am. am so I, I love listening and hearing all these skeptical stories. Mm-hmm. I may not believe it, but I know it. And I never, and you never know. I agree, dude. I like to just explore any ideas about any possibility, man. It's like, cause, cause at the end of the day, none of us know, like we said, like we keep bringing back to like, so it's fun to consider. It's fun to consider, spend a week and, and, and just imagine that you are in living in a simulation. You know what I mean? Like spend a week and imagine that like, you know, God is real. I don't know. See how it fucking goes. Just fuck around with it, man. That's the fun part about life is like. You can you can fuck around like that, man. Just like break down your borders and explore. You know what I mean? I think for me, like where I've become, I've come to the point where I'm. I have to just be like, you know what? If we're in a simulation, I'm gonna make this the best goddamn simulation ever. You that's, know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm gonna just f- fuck it then. Like then that's where we're at. Then we're doing this thing. Like let's keep rolling then, baby. That's how I see it. I've always seen my life as a video game character. Yeah. Because you always have stats, and your stats can be added. You know, it's totally. like it's like the stupid Sims. Like you know, like oh, this guy just wants to learn how to do comedy. Well, yeah. guess what? He's going to an open mic night. Yeah, he goes to an open mic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, everyone boos once, and then okay, he goes back home, and da 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 da, and then he goes back. Oh, they cheer. <laughs> so I've always, I've actually always wanted to do that, like a nerd kind of thing where i kind of write down what i think my stats are in mm. life where i'm like i actually have good cardio i actually am decent at lifting i have good charisma yeah i have good social skills blah 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 but i try to improve them every time i do something where i'm like just that. like kind of have a criteria where i'm just like oh well i because i'm actually not I'm this. This is more of on a personal note, but yeah, I'm yeah. not the most flyest dude with women. You're fly. I don't bro. go out there and just like, what did they say? I'm not a, like a, a legit closer. I feel you. I kind of okay. can play the game and hopefully I win. But yeah. there are people that go out there and literally know that they're going to get a chick every night. Sure. There's those. That's that sense. I don't feel like I can do that. Yeah. But that's that scale again of my charisma where I'm just like, well, maybe I'm only at 22 percent, but I should go talk more to women and see if I can raise that more. Totally. Because it does happen where, in a sense, I mean, it's all just doing it. Yeah. Of anything. Yeah, anything. Anything. Like of anything. I think it's important to find out what, in in that sense, like what things do I want to improve on and why? And then like what are, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. It's just basically like having an idea of who you want to be, the kind of person that you want to be seen as in the world, the way you want to represent yourself, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I want to raise this thing about me because I want to be seen as more of a compassionate person, right? My one thing for me is like, I need to be a better listener. I'm a terrible fucking listener. I don't listen to people well and I don't want to represent, I don't want to be seen as someone who will not listen to you when you need to be heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it's a good idea to have that down is like yeah like your stats man what are my stats okay my listening skills they fucking suck okay i want to raise that (laughs) maybe i can get a few points and then (laughs) exactly so i i feel like seeing it Mm -hmm. like maybe seeing it on a board or something will kind of get you to will get me to actually improve on those things that i feel i need to improve on totally i think putting pen to paper is important dude writing it down dude like the 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 journaling or the fucking just just putting shit down like you said and putting that pen to paper and saying like okay this is what i want to improve on this is the kind of person i want to be this is how i want to be represented in the world like this is how i want the world to react to me you know what i mean because that's kind of like 
what I do, like I have a mentor and we talk about that a lot and it's like, okay, like I go about my day and then I look at my day at the end of the day and I'm like, okay, when I did this, this person reacted this way. And it's like, okay, that's like a blip on the radar. I need to look at that. Okay. I don't like the way I thought it, this interaction was going to go this way. This interaction went this other way. Why did it go that way? Okay. What did I say? Is that how I want to be represented in the world? Or do I stand by that decision? Was that actually wrong? I don't know, you know, and it's important. That's, I think that's how one can build a good, a good character about themselves, you know? Yeah. And you do bring like a lot of different aspects too, because like you, like I said, if you think about it, you end up knowing the difference between good and bad. Maybe yeah. he did steal, but why did he steal? Why did he steal? You never, you have to understand the like likelihood and the differences between each of the scenarios. And I hate that shit because like, fuck, like everyone has their own moral code and that's cool, but like we are like ignoring symptoms of a bigger problem. Why did they steal? Because they're poor. Why are they poor? Because the system is set up for them to fail. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we're ignoring that. We're just looking at the person stealing and go, oh, you're a piece of shit. You deserve. Lock you up. You know what I mean? And that's like, that's that bullshit. I hate that shit. I hear you. And that's just hard to like, I don't know. That's more of like going into the conspiracy sense. Is it, is it the government keeping us down? Right. And it's hard, right? Because I've been talking to a lot of, I've been talking to someone lately who, they come from more of like a sociology background and I come from more of like you, I guess you could say a psychology background, even though I didn't study psychology, but that's more of like where my shit comes from, where I believe more like the change starts with me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I have to make that change within myself before I can go about making other changes of anything else like around me. And it's like, I, and then, you know, I talk to some people who are more about the social idea where it's like, no, the problem is the social and it, we, and the social aspect needs to change for people to even be able to change personally. And so it's kind of interesting. You know what I mean? I don't even know how we, I don't even, I get into those moments where we start going and I'm like, why did I just say that? Because I don't remember what got prompted me to even say that <laughs> like that, at all. Again, that's the beauty of the podcast. We're exactly. just here to chill. We're just here to chill. Talk, I love it though. Just, you know, get to know each other better, different philosophies, exactly. ideas. And that's, that's the beauty of this podcast. I feel like, me doing it for so long, I've learned so many from so many things from so many different people now. Right. Like you can go down. That's just like, like, you know, you, I feel like it's a learning experience no matter what. And this is something that not a lot of us do anymore is just literally sit down and talk. Yes. No written subject, no actual topic, just mm-hmm. literally s- shoot the shit. Whatever comes out, comes out and you find out more of a person in that sense and you would is like well i really need to find out if this guy does this i need to find out if he feels this way i mm-hmm. need to find out if he does this so these mm-hmm. bullet points already kind of have like oh i'm trying to figure this out right but that's not the sense of an actual interaction with a human right that's what i kind of love about like philosophy and shit is because like plato and aristotle this is all they did. Mm-hmm. This is all they did. Mm-hmm. Sit around and talk about the ideas and the things that they were thinking about and see if the other person had the same idea, if not. And if they didn't, let's talk about it. Right. And let's that's see. The, that was, I love that shit. I love that too. And it's funny because like, I'm a comedian, but like, 
unless I have a microphone in my hand, like, this is kind of my natural, like, state of being. And it's funny because there's other comedians, like, like I watch Josh Fournier and I watch Corey Herrera, and they're just so funny, dude. And they're just so fucking funny. And they come in, and that's their natural state. They're fucking hilarious. And they're smart guys and shit, for sure. And it's just, like, funny. Like, I'm such a serious fucking person unless I'm, like, unless you put a mic in my hand and put me in front of people that's where that shit comes out. Or unless I'm probably trying to impress a girl, then I'll bump up. The funny. <laughs> I always bump up the funny for the ladies. Obviously. I get you. And, but see, that's the thing too, is like, you never know. They might be looking for that sophisticated philosopher. You never know. <laughs> They're dude. just like, you never know. I've been talking to some smart ass women lately, bro. And they've been putting me in check like really? straight up. There's some smart women out there. I love smart women. And they've been putting my ass in check, man. They've been, they've been challenging some of my ideas. And that's like, we talked about man, sitting down with someone and philosophizing and talking, about different things and you learn from me i learn from you and i feel like that's more an embraceful loving relationship yeah than what we've turned into like what relationships have turned into now where mm-hmm. it's a status right or it's like a, a click kind of thing where it's like oh are you on tinder oh i'm not on tinder right. well i don't even know if we're gonna date then yeah or like oh are we dating uh, i don't know because you didn't put it on facebook like yeah. these little things that indicate that it's a social status where it's just really getting to know the significant other totally or just getting to understand them yeah man i'm only trying to fuck with women who are like trying to have some intelligent conversation and shit like that like and i know that's like such a like a cliche thing to say it's yeah, like right. oh i only want to talk to girls who want to like sit under the stars and like talk about fucking why are we here but it's like i don't know man it's like I mean, I don't know. There's a time and a place for like mindless fucking sex, but like, <laughs> yeah, at the, there, yeah, exactly. There's a t- how much do you want to do that in the sense of actually having a conversation? Exactly. Like, I mean, I fucking wish I was like. See, I don't even wish I was that because then that would be just creepy as fuck. But if I could just like constantly have sex without like like having to worry about the ejaculation phase, right? <laughs> So then I would be that guy that can have sex all the time. But yet, I mean, going into like human nature and the way reality works, you know, we have to take a break in between some of this stuff. Yeah. And in that break, what are you going to do? Exactly, dude. Exactly. Because, I mean, it's all fun and games until there's actual. See, but then again, think about it this way. Us as humans, we actually do this kind of relationship slash get together to breed Mm -hmm. when other animals are just like. I'll never see you again. I'm out of here. So what are, what is the right way? Because obviously we are we are human animals. Mm-hmm. We're animalistic. We have the same patterns as certain animals out there. Yeah. So what makes us want to have a deep connection relationship with our significant other instead of just like well, some people do just plow and leave. Right. But where that doesn't that that's the beauty of humans right mm-hmm. the beauty of what we do because there's a i don't know if you know this but there is a chimp known as the bonobo chimp hmm. who's literally their whole chimp species is just all about orgies wow all about orgies okay the, chimps. O- the only rule they have is that the mom will not sleep with the kid or the kid will not sleep with the mom that's a good fucking rule to have. <laughs> other than that it's all no it's holes board everybody's that. fucking everybody in that tribe the worst part is as human beings we absolutely <laughs> fetishize incest but like these chimps even know like yeah we don't cross that line <laughs> yeah see yeah they know they're like you know what we we've, we've seen what happens <laughs> but i mean i guess that's the beauty of humans yeah. like we 
uh, we come up with different ideas and stuff. I think we desire connection and I think connection is the way to go. And it sucks because like, I absolutely think the demise of my last relationship was a lack of willingness to embrace such a deep, intimate connection and such a fear around that commitment. You know what I mean? And I really, I dropped the ball on that one. I got to live with that, you know, because it was hard for me to, to, um, to what's the word, not prioritize. I guess it was hard for me to embrace that aspect of it rather than, um, and let go of just like the desire to be the mindless sex having man, you know, not mindless, but just like to not to have that, like, to just be like, to just fuck, you know what I mean? And just like be the guy who's just fucking. And it's just like, that sucks. Cause I don't think that's really always what I want. And it's hard. And I think I learned that. And I think like I went down that road again and it was just kind of like, okay, now what? You know what I mean? It was like, okay. And I think with me, it's like coming from that like psychology standpoint, it's like, I think when I'm embracing in that like desire to just like be sleeping with all the women that I possibly can, I need to look at that. It's like, okay, it's because I'm insecure. It's because, uh, um, I'm a comedian. I'm a comedian. Huh? No, I'm just kidding. Because I, I see that too is like when you're on stage, you kind of have that power. Yeah. There is that little power where, I mean, I've seen it where a sense where you make a girl laugh and you're like, holy fuck. I know. I just did that. I never did that when I wasn't talking on stage. And they not only are they watching you now, but you have more of like, like some kind of presence. Right. It which, makes you feel awesome. And, and it's kind of like, you know, I feel like it's, that's the beauty of comedy. It's just to show, like, I can make a girl laugh on stage. What the fuck am I doing off stage? Why can't sure. I do it off stage? Why can't I interact this person off stage? Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel comedy has really helped me blossom more into like talking to people more. Sure, because it's just like literally like they laughed at my joke. Like, what's not to say like thank you for laughing at my joke? <laughs> I mean that that's that's a little more like straightforward and stuff exactly i think i went off the rails but we we keep going off rails but i love it dude yeah that's again this this is good the point of the podcast we just here to hang out fucking talk shit i like going off the rails man and so far i haven't said anything i regret i think so that's a good start well i mean you started off at the beginning saying you don't regret anything yeah it's true and i think that's the i mean that's the story that i tell myself like in faith you know what i mean is like even in it's the mistakes, especially it's like I was talking about. It's like I, I look at these, I look at the interaction that goes the way I don't think I was going to go, you know, and I like to I have to take a look at that and go, OK, like, well, that happened for a reason. So I could learn this and this happened for a reason. So I could learn that. And I have a lot of faith around my experiences, especially when they're painful and negative, you know, talking about uh, losing a relationship because I felt like I couldn't get out of my own way. In, in some different ways and it's like yeah like I understand that I have I have to feel that pain to move forward accordingly you know what I mean and, it, and the only requirement is that I embrace that lesson and that I'm humble enough to go I was wrong how can I change you know what I mean that's how I feel about it it's a growing experience exactly such a great growing experience because no matter what I've always felt like the next day is just a little bit different that can be different. You can't repeat yourself. 
Totally. It can't be repeated. I mean, you can kind of repeat the same actions and stuff, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. It's a totally different thing that maybe you feel like, oh, I'm in a rut. I can't get it out and stuff. But in reality, it's not the same. Yeah. Every uh, every day can change a little bit different for the positive or for the worse. But still, it's a constant difference that you grow upon. Mm -hmm. And that's just true with life, I feel. Yeah, and that's where I'm all about, like, that personal responsibility shit. Like, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And if you're not if you're doing the same thing over and over again and then victimizing yourself as a part of your life and wondering why nothing is changing <laughs> well it's because you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results and it's hard to break that cycle it's so hard but it's like i can sometimes lack sympathy for those who are are in that cycle but then I have to remember that there are so many people who didn't lack sympathy for me when I was in that cycle and showed me a way out. That's, you know, yeah. it's hard to maintain that. I think I can get caught up in that and just being like, well, fucking figure it out. And it's like, no, nah, I remember that people had to hold my hand and, and show me how to, how to, how to get out of that. Yeah. It know? wasn't, it, it's hard to think that people get out of it by themselves. Right. When in a sense, Sometimes it does help to have help. Exactly. And that's where, like, that's that, like, it's, you have to humble yourself and, and ask for help, I think. And it, it doesn't matter what you, it is. If it's your, if it's drug addiction, sex addiction, codependency, unhealthy relationships, um, if you can't stop eating dog shit, like, whatever, like, yeah. just like, just there, I can't do it myself. I can't, I can never do it myself. I can't do anything myself. You know, I can't. I can't do this comedy shit myself, you know? Last night I was so grateful, man. I got to pick Zach Abeda's mind a little bit, someone who's been doing it for a little bit. And I and I got to, he kicked me on some game, you know? He was telling me what's up. And I was like, yeah, man, I got to take that. I can't, I can't do this alone. Because if I left to my own devices, um, well, I end up fucking it up, actually. Usually. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you kind of, like, lose the sense of it inside of your own brain. Exactly. Like, it just keeps going and going. You're just like, well, I have no real like leeway or nowhere to really project anything that i'm trying to think of right where is this coming from and then like you said it could be the help or just trying to get more insight from somebody or something else mm -hmm. and that in that sense i mean that's us learning as humans right dude we've been getting way too serious on i this know shit. what the fuck okay what's going on Dick and balls, dick and balls, life, dick and balls. Life dick is so crazy. Uh, are you on uh, any uh, streaming services right now? Do you fuck with Hulu, Netflix, all that shit? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'd I be fucking with that. Um, see, I be, nigga, I've been back on that Disney Plus. Yeah, been watching that. So Raven, bro. Been really? watching Even Stevens and shit, bro. Holy shit. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I've been watching. What I watch right now the most is the Eric Andre show. Okay, that's please tell me the best show it's ever. Fucking oh my god, dude! dude. I've dude, yeah, I've seen that show so many times. That shows the shit though, because like, yeah, he takes an idea and it's just brilliant. Because everyone that comes is like, "Hey, I'm here to do an interview," and he's yeah. like, "No, not what you think." <laughs> and I've actually I've wanted to do that. I was like, maybe I should do that for one of my podcasts. Just fuck with the audience, right. fuck with the guest that comes. But it, I, I still haven't thought of an idea or what it was going to be like because I don't want to just I'm just going to do everything Eric Andre does. Like, yeah. Let me put a heater in the corner and just have it fucking hot as fuck in here and make people sweat. It's hard to figure out at which point is he is it very calculated and at which point is it absolutely just him dicking around in there it's kind of like rick and morty right where it's like how much is it like 
this is super creatively actually really smart and how much of it is like these guys are just dudes like us and they're just really funny and they just come up with some bullshit like you know what i mean yeah. like it's hard to like but i do think like all those dudes are geniuses and, and that's what's weird <laughs> to think about too is because like you end up going on youtube and watching like the philosophy of rick and morty yeah and you have some dude really break it down where it's like scientific and like oh they're actually telling you morals and values and stuff and you're right. just like really yeah holy shit like it's it's mind-blowing because mm-hmm. have you been up with the new rick and morty i yeah i fucking i've only watched all of the new ones once and i didn't feel like i really got a good like i need to go watch them again okay yeah but like um i guess duh that's a spoiler alert guys i like that spoiler alert about to happen we're about to spoil rick and morty um but if you remember on the second episode right where he like shared the toilet with that guy there's some like deep philosophical meanings in that episode and it's like crazy to think about just like wow it's like you know come and take a crap on someone's toilet but yet it's like a moral story about not having friends and right it, it's one of those things where you kind of like get lost in where you're just like i don't know if it's trying to teach me a lesson or if i'm supposed to watch this and laugh mm-hmm. with those episodes and especially when again you have like a philosopher that's like talking about it about it on youtube like right. especially like taking parts was like oh well this is actually a quote from you know, mm-hmm. this ancient philosopher that actually reflects on friendship. And you're just like, what the fuck? And that's why I'd be like, yo, don't don't shit on comedy, dude, because like there those dudes are crafty with it. It's like you said, man, we, they take this idea and on the surface, it seems so fucking just like dumb. But deep down, there's some other shit going on. I'm still an advocate for South Park, too. Like all day dude Genius. and like i know a lot of people who think south park is just so dumb but like i don't know that's just how we comedians are though we like absolutely like that's just how we consume our knowledge almost like in that way like that's how i learned a lot of things by watching a lot of shows that people think are really stupid but like i feel like i be i learned a thing or two you know that's a good example i think of that like that way too it's like I want to write a joke, but I have to think about it first. It's just like, I learned more from fucking Malcolm in the Middle than my mom showed me, you know? That's what I'm saying, Like, you know, TV shows and stuff where you actually saw an episode where, like, oh, look it, he stole something. Oh, but he got caught, and now he learned his lesson. Like, I was like, you see that? I'm just like, fuck. Like, that's that's true, and it Mm -hmm. hits to you. And then you're like, I learned from watching TV than actual parenting. And is that a bad thing, though? Right. Because, like, is that how good... That writers and like producers can structure a show where you learn a lesson and mm-hmm. a value from it instead of just taking it and just like, oh, well, this was another episode. As entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, obviously, as entertainers to us, it's more. And obviously, those experiences sparked something inside of us that said, like, no, that I want to do that. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to be like that. Because it's a deeper thing for us. And I think, like, for people who don't aspire to be what we're trying to be, I get it. It's like, yeah, it's just for you. You just you you come home and you don't want to think about life. You just want to take in the content at face value and then move forward, which I like. I respect that completely. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just like I understand how, like, as people who aspire to be entertainers, we take this shit seriously, dude. I take this shit very seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? I take movies and television very 
very seriously. Yeah, you understand it. Yeah. You understand how, like, even inside of the show, when they have a punchline and a joke, you're like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know how it was written, why it was in the spot where it needed to be. Exactly. And maybe that joke or whatever kind of had a little lesson in it that mm-hmm. actually portrays to the story. Yeah. And we notice that. Exactly. Compared to other people where this is like... You know, oh, this I've seen this episode already. Yeah. Oh, this is this episode again, where it's just like, oh man, I love this episode. I learned so much from this episode. Mm-hmm. I want to want. I can't wait to see it again. Exactly. So exactly. That, I, I guess that's a beautiful thing about technology and the way we've developed as humans, because I mean, like we can take those values and learn from them, and we right. don't. I I feel, again like we don't need a religious aspect or anything to learn about being a good person. Totally. I can go watch an episode of friends and see an episode about being a good person. And I probably did learn about being a good person. Mm -hmm. There was no judgment, no bad values, no Mm -hmm. anything like that. But yet we learned it in like, a wide spectrum sense. It's kind of like like sheep herding, you know? They're just totally. kind of teaching all of us a same sense right away. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't, you know? Yeah. And you kind of see it in sheep where they're just like, I'm going to follow the herd. And you see the one that goes the opposite way. And you're just like, well, he, this guy doesn't get it. So he's obviously going to get fucked up. Right. But then again, that's a bad thing. What people try to portray is like, you shouldn't be a sheep person. You shouldn't follow the masses and stuff. Right, right. But that, uh, again, fucking rants and shit, bro. I love it, dude. <laughs> That's how shit. That's how life is, though. It is fucking question mark and self. It's all question marks. I have a feeling I want to get into some nerd stuff. Tell me a lot of things, man. I mean, obviously, I immediately see the Deadpool. I need to get back in my Dragon Balls, dude. But like, obviously, I'm Marvel and DC definitely. So you like a a lot of comic books and stuff like that. Yeah, growing up, like I noticed all your collectibles when I came in. It's like that's that's how my family. Like that's my dad. Like my dad, we had toys. We kept them in the box. We took some out. We set them up in cool poses. We had like 800 comics. You know, we have the shows. It was all the shows. We were watching the uh, 90s X-Men, 90s Spider-Man. Like, that's how we got down. And like, the way comic books have gone uh, have been amazing. I'm also big on Star Wars. I'm about ready. Yeah, right. Are you ready? I'm about ready, I don't give a fuck. I was just, I was re, give me your take on the newer ones. Well, I, I, I honestly like them yeah. because they have kept the franchise going. Yeah, me too. It's, it's a great story, and the story still goes on. We still see iconic characters that we've grown to love and stuff. Yeah. So it's a good—I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I don't think—people that don't like it just don't accept change or just don't want to know— I don't know. I, I, that's another thing, too, is, like, I kind of get upset with people that say, like, oh, I can't believe they're remaking all these old Disney movies and stuff. It's just like, so what? Watch the old one, then. Yeah. The new one is not supposed to be appealing for you if you don't want to watch it. Exactly, man. And it's the same thing with the Star Wars, man. It's like, I like it, and it's appealing to me. But if it's not appealing to you, then just stick with the original three. Like, that's your right. thing. It was made for a modern audience, and it's clear. And I am a modern person, so I don't give a fuck, like... I'm with the changes. I agree with most of the changes we tried inside. I don't care. I am, I'm glad we have a strong female character. I don't care if you want to make her very powerful. Fuck it. Like, and I think the the last Jedi, what that did, I thought it was great. I was like, I'm so into like it was very like anti capitalist. It was very like modern like ideology. You know what I mean? Like, I love the scene when they're on the ship with like. Biencio del Toro's character and like 
I like how he's like, oh, these people sell weapons to the re- to the resistance and into the New Republic. You know what I mean? It's like that they were exploring some shit that Star Wars has never dwelled into ever. And see, that's that's the thing too is like they're getting ideas from modern people to add to the story. Exactly. They're like, hey. Let me get your take on this. And then they're just like, this would be so cool because, you know, this is how people are thinking now. Exactly. So I feel like it's, it's uh, again, I like it. Change is good. I like when something gets reintroduced to the masses and then it just brings them back to the old stuff again. Totally. Like, again, if you don't like the remake of the new aladdin or lion king mm-hmm. then you should go see where they got the idea from yeah because obviously they they made it again for a reason they don't i, I don't think they really remake movies if they were bad yeah they're not right. going to be like oh this movie was so bad we should try to make it again exactly like, it was a fail you can't do it again i do think we need to put some more importance though on supporting the new wave of filmmakers and idea havers like like, uh, do you like horror films? Yeah, I'm into horror films. You like Hereditary, Midsummer, like Ari Aster. There's like Ari Aster, Robert Eagers. Those are like, to me, those are the like the, some of the greatest new era like horror filmmakers. Like, those dudes fucking knock it out of the park. Like, um, just those like independent films, like the the Safety Brothers. Like, have you seen like Uncut Gems is okay. coming out? Like, they got that one. Like. There's a lot of filmmakers who are making some shit that is like brand new original ideas that are like amazing genius shit, man. So I don't know. It's like that whole like Martin Scorsese like hating like on Marvel. Oh, okay. Have you been reading into any of that? I've heard a little bit of it, but yeah. give us a little more of the Well, it's just like Martin Scorsese is just like you know what he's trying to say, I think. Well, first thing he's trying to say is like he gets it because, like, for him, like, when he was young, going to an Alfred Hitchcock movie was like going to an Avengers movie. And it was like a spectacle like that. You know what I mean? But, like, at the same time, he's understanding, like, it's almost like the commercial capital value of, like, remakes and sequels and franchises as opposed to, like, what like what are we really trying to do, like, with with cinema, like... We need to be uh, telling stories like that incite emotions and make people have an experience. And he doesn't feel like that's happening now. I don't necessarily agree with that. When I see Marvel films, I'm filled with many emotion. And I I tend to tear up more in a Marvel movie than any other movie I go to. Oh. Yeah. I do, dude. Watching Spider-Man die in Infinity War, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I totally cried. It was was pretty sentimental. I know. I get what you're saying, though, because, like, especially growing up with the character, like, you know the character and you're just like, wow, they portrayed him so well in the movie scene. Mm -hmm. This is us talking about how they make morals and values inside of the movie where you're just like, holy fuck, I learned... Like, you know, the importance of, like, a friendship or a life, you know? And you see it in the movie and you kind of feel for it. And there are movies that do that so well. Like, Mm -hmm. like there, and you don't have to follow the franchise to do it, too. Like, a good Marvel movie, if you're not really going to be like, oh, I've seen every Captain America, Iron Man, and fucking Thor movie. Now I'm going to go see the Ant-Man and Wasp. If you just went to go see the Ant-Man and the Wasp for the first time, it would still be amazing to you. Yeah. And you probably can get some kind of lesson or value from it. If you took the right kind of information from it. Exactly. And I love how that's the sense of entertainment now. Yeah. Is even in like, I don't know, you probably can find some kind of lesson or morals in a scary, like a very scary, gory movie and Mm -hmm. stuff. But... 
that's just showing you the another aspect of life as well. Look yeah. at look at the Joker movie, right? Mm, that was t- touchy to a lot of people, but yet it really dove into like psychotic and like really mm-hmm. mental illness and shit like that. It made mm-hmm. you really think. And now look what happened. A bunch of people were freaking out. They're like, oh, this is probably going to cause a bunch of problems or, oh, this isn't this was actually made for unintended audiences or blah, blah, blah. But yet nobody did anything bad. Right. If anything, people enjoyed the movie and embraced it in a way where they're just like, wow, Mm -hmm. I understand when people go crazy. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I love how in our society that it's just like, all I feel like is like, us going through history and stuff, we're just telling stories to learn values and stuff. Like this is just like the Native Americans telling their stories around the campfire or right. the Vikings telling their stories around the campfire. Right. We've just so advanced in our technology now that that's the way that we portray our stories now. And how cool is that? I th- Yeah, right? We get to see and interact with it. Like, yeah. Dude, that's crazy. How cool is that? Even in our comedy, we have an avenue. We have a way to do that on a personal level. That's true. Yeah. Are you uh are you ready for the VR? Are you ready for virtual reality? I don't know. Yeah, I think I am. I think that sounds pretty cool. That sounds pretty insane. Are you into that shit? Is that like your do you do you fuck with that? I've actually uh I have I've tried it a few times, but yeah. it's one of those things where it's just like being able to put yourself in another sense of a world. I'm cool with it. Like you like if okay, here's an, a great example like uh, us doing our comedy career right now if we can just put the VR on and kill every night <laughs> would we do that instead right. of going out and doing the the comedy yeah like that's that's what kind of freaks me out is like yeah. would the VR experience be so amazing that that's the only thing we're striving for is mm-hmm. just to go back to the VR experience You're like addicted to VR yeah I gotta go oh fuck I'm at work I gotta finish work once I get to work though I can't wait to go on stage and I'm gonna fucking kill right. just wait just wait and then it turns into that yeah but and I, I, yeah uh, it's crazy that's I feel like that's almost more of the danger of like the technological advances rather than like technology like turning on us and fucking like killing all of us and destroying <laughs> right. us it's just like our own personal interactions with technology like are we like we need to just we need to be diligent about not making human connection go extinct like i think that's like the main thing just we must be diligent about maintaining human connection and doing what we can to do that in connection with our surroundings and our nature yeah because that's that's a that's a losing thing too right a lot of people a lot of people are just like uh there's some kids that don't go outside at all or like never yeah. really actually been to a mountain range or yeah. know anything about snow and shit like that. Right. So that's that's oh, dude, never mind. The human race is fucked. I don't know. I know. It's weird, man. I don't know. I'm actually I, I have a more optimistic outlook these days. It's weird. I don't really know. Like I have I think I have some faith in some things. I know it's there's so much that's fucked. Um, but I like to hope it's going to work itself out. Maybe not. I mean, and that's, that's, that's how hopeful we are, right? Right. That's what we're hoping for in everything. Yeah. That it it's going to find a way. I'm not the person who's going to figure it out. I'm not the person who's going to find a way to fix it. I'm hoping I have faith in others and good people. I have faith that good people are exist exist and that they're out there and that they're doing what they can to counterbalance the awful as long as they don't succumb 
to the fucking evils. You know what I mean? We can lose good people to money. You know, we can lose good people to power. We can lose good people to 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 vagina <laughs> or penis. But it's just being grounded. It's being grounded in that sense of awareness, I guess, or yourself. Yeah, it's it's humility. It's inventory. I think it's inventory. I think it's like consistently having a good look at yourself and going, okay, what's working? What's not working? How am I being represented in the world? How do people see me? Does no one like me? Why? Right. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's another crazy thing too. Is like. Is it an established thing for somebody to make their situation better? Or is it really because they don't like you? Because right. there's so many... Uh, again, this is fucking... That's the beauty and the worst thing about the human brain is when you actually can reevaluate every little angle and section. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some stupid illness or disease that causes that. But, you know, really, where you're just like... Uh, this person says I'm a bad person. Is he saying I'm a bad person because I really am a bad person? Or is he trying to get a level up so he's making me look like a bad person? Right. So you start seeing in that sense and then you're just like, oh, you either go to the depressed state where you're just like, oh, I must be a bad person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like maybe change my ways or just keep being a bad person. Or a spiteful kind of like, oh, this dick thinks I'm a bad person. This fucker thinks I'm bad. Well, we'll see how bad he thinks I am after I'm done with him. Right. See, so like, where is this like human? Oh, it's, it, that shit scares me. Yeah. I'm just like, cause in that sense, like where is the people being honest and humble again with actual information of everything? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we're ranting. We are so ranting. We have ranted. I, we've done some good rantage. <sighs> So, um, actually, we've been here for like an hour and 30 minutes. Holy shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's been a good podcast, Time man. Time fucking flies, dude. Um, shout out to all the viewers. Thank you guys for shout watching. Shout out to all the viewers. You guys have any questions or anything, go ahead. We'll try to answer them. Was there we, people watching? There are some people watching. Really? What we try to do, though, is I try to make this a conversation base between yeah. the two people. And then in between, if it's good questions or some good comments and stuff, then I'll just be like, all right, uh... Uh, Magic 69 Rocks, Ian, if you're still there, uh, give us a question. Let us know what you think. I know you were talking about the VR. He said the VR is too much for my brain. And uh -huh. ha have you tried the VR at I, all? I haven't tried it at all. I kind of feel like it's kind of like once you have it on for too long, you get like, you know, a little headache and mm -hmm. stuff because it's just like overwhelming. I could see that. So if that's what you're talking about, Magic 69 Rocks, Ian. <laughs> That's you. That's all Who you. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> I is love it? your name, sir. Magic69 Rocks Ian. It was fun. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Yeah. Uh, I want to be... I'd love to come back uh, whenever, man. Yeah. Dude, again. We have so much we didn't even talk about. Like, I let, let's, what, What's up? You a Pokemon fan? Uh, I had Pokemon cards when I was a kid. That's I mean, it? Unfortunately, not anymore. And I think I, I jive more on a Yu-Gi-Oh basis. Oh, dude. You saw the Yu-Gi-Oh collection. I did right? see it. Uh, I'm a Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Are you, have you kept up with the mechanics? I have not. It's it's horrible, dude. Is it? It's so bad. Okay. You, you want, okay. What was the last mechanics that you remember of Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh, God. I mean, I do you a kid. Yeah. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember uh, Synchro Monsters? no damn wait so, i mean like what like exodius no okay no that's like the original yeah so there was exodias and then there's uh do you remember ritual monsters no ritual monsters you had like a magic card that says you have to sacrifice a dark and a light monster to ritual summon uh relinquish Whoa. so you had to have a card play and that's still really far back that's like 
that's like in yeah. that's like Zodia days. Yeah. And, okay. And so a little more goes on where now they have a thing called synchro summoning. Right. Where you have monsters that actually have are known as tuners. Hmm. What are used to combine with other monsters to create star levels. So you know on the on the card it has like those little stars that indicate how much levels there are, like level four monster right. level two. Right. You combine them to make these uh I guess you could say these white or silver silver synchro monsters mm-hmm. to whatever star level that it is. So okay. if I have a synchro monster that is level eight, I have to put two cards together, three cards, however many cards to reach eight stars yeah so i have a level two monster and a level four monster and then i put in another level two and we all they all combine together to make a synchro monster god damn you got some shit then they added another mechanic called xyz monsters okay so what you do is you have two level monsters that are the same so it has a level four monster and a level four monster you put them together and you put a card on top of them, which is known as an XYZ summon. Okay. And inside of the card description, there are little things where it's like, you can detach one of the XYZ materials, hmm. which is the two cards that you put together to activate an effect. Damn. It's really intricate. Okay, you might need to put me on game then. Dude. It's really bad. I'm not even done yet. Yeah, we're okay. still we're still in like 2008. Like 2008 Yu-Gi-Oh! Right here. <laughs> uh, there they had a, they just recently added two years ago a new mechanic called Pendulum Summoning. Okay. So it's actually a card that has a monster and a magic on the same card. So it has okay. both of them. Okay. They changed the way that the field is. Oh. So now that you have to put these on the designated area. To activate what is known as a pendulum summoning. Hmm. So, yeah. They have that mechanic now. Okay. So, they did one more mechanic change, Mm -hmm. which is now known as a link summoning. Okay. Which is even fucking stupider. It's so much harder. You hate it. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay. But what you have to do is you have a link monster, and there's certain criteria that allow you to summon it in the new field. Yeah. Because there's a new field now again. So, it's not the same field look as the pendulum summoning. Right. Which is not the same look as the beginning. So, it all started with one... The way the cards looked one way. Yeah. Pendulum summoning got introduced, so they changed the field. Right. And now Link summoning is here, and that's totally fucking changed. And it's it's just intense, dude. Right. I Now I only collect the Yu-Gi-Oh cards just for the card value. Okay. I don't play the game anymore. You. Yeah. I really don't play the game anymore. Yeah. If I know about a card that I really like or that is super rare, I'll just be like, I'll try to get that card. Yeah. Or try to, like, you know, I like to do that whole... Uh, go on Craigslist and people will be like, I'm selling all my old Yu-Gi-Oh cards for a hundred dollars. Just take them all. And nice. I'll be like, Oh, I'll take them all. Yeah, and then yeah. I take them all and find little gems in between them. Yeah, some are hit and miss, but that's how I've been doing my collecting. I'm big I like that Yu-Gi-Oh card collector now. That's fucking dope, man. I'm gonna have to check out the collection. Yeah, you'll 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 be impressed. There's some cool shit in there. Yes, sir. Some stuff you probably never thought of. Like there's some there's actually multiple prints of uh, the Dark Magician mm-hmm. by different artists. I like that. So there's some cool shit I in there. I can fuck with that. That's dope. Elijah. Thank yes, you for sir. coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Give a, a shout out. Where they where, where can they find you? Do you have anything coming up that they yeah, should know about? This next week is going to be fucking crazy. You just get it, all, get it all out there, brother. So what's that? Um, first of all, aren't we on a show on Thursday together? 
Yes, we are doing that show. Yeah. We're, we're, oh, oh, man, we'll talk about that. Yeah, though, okay. But there's, there's, some, there's some shit going on Uh-oh. about that show. Oh, fuck. There's some weird good. shit Let's going on. Let's off the books. Yeah, off that, the books. that's off the books that's shit. That's off the books. But we have a show coming up on Thursday. Yeah. It's actually gonna, it's our first show that we're trying to do, that Nico's trying to do. It's mm-hmm. called uh, Nico's Comedy Club. Yep. Um, it's Thursday, I think at 6.30 to 8.30, if yeah. I'm correct. And then right after that, I'll be at Nexus Silver Tap Room um, on the west side for Buck D's Nexus uh, Laughter with a Side of Soul Food. That's my monthly, uh, that's my favorite. It's the, it's like, that show is where I grew, straight up. You know, that's where I got in front of a crowd of people I didn't know, in front of a crowd of people who will definitely let you know if you're not good. And that's where I was able to grow and realize that I might actually be able to do this. Um, and then Friday next week, I got Enchanted Circle Brewery, um, a show that Jamar Hall and Sean Dean put on. Um, <clears throat> and then after that, I'll be headlining at the Trick Lock okay. that same night. Nice. So you'll yeah. be doing two shows that night. Yeah, I got I got four shows in a span of fucking two days. That's what's up. It's time to work. So he'll be busy. Are you going to be hitting up any mics this week? I'm going to start getting back into mics. I, w- I need to commit. Sure. Uh, let me think. Um how about I commit to eat? I'm going to commit to to Red Door on Wednesday. Will you be there? I'll be there. Okay, hold me accountable. All right. I'll go. Because I'm, gonna, that's, I'm just going to write your name on the on there. Okay, just be I like, like that. Elijah Williams. And yeah. If they, it's like, did he show up? The fucker. He, he just ruined us all, bro. I, dude, because that's my, I mean, my biggest downfall in, the, in comedy is I don't go to enough mics. Um I don't go to enough mics. That that's kind of like I mean that's where the work is. It is. It kind of is. It truly is. In the in the little sense because again you'd never know if that walk in traffic mm-hmm. is actually a comedy fan and yeah. it just brings in more people. I've made I've made this process a lot harder on myself than I've needed it to be. I mean it's been very incredibly successful and I'm a huge advocate for um living life, you know? Like I'm like I'm just not going to put all my time and energy into comedy because there's so much other aspects in my life that need to have maintenance frequently that I'm just, I'm not going to say ever that I'll just like, and you know what, maybe that will be the make or break. But so far I've been pretty successful with my still doing things the way I do them. But I understand that there are some certain things in comedy that are musts, things you must do if you want to get better and open mics is one of them yeah i hear you man with that being said elijah elijah williams everybody you guys take it easy thank you for tuning in thank you give him that shout out bang bang peace